Welcome to the 1001 Travel Tales podcast, where seasoned travelers share their stories. Your hosts, Shoba George of Just Go Places and Rachel Heller of Rachel's Ruminations. Hello, we're speaking with Maria Hart today from TravelingWithHeart.com. That's heart as an H-A-R-T, not like the organ in one's chest. Heart, the great Welcome, like Maria. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. I'm happy to be able to interview for your podcast. It's going to be amazing. Well, you were just mentioning that you've just been to Namibia. It's one of the countries I've always wanted to go to. It seems so exotic. Tell us how you went and what you did there. Okay, I've been wanting to go to Africa to do something with animals with conservation, because that's the heart of my blog. You're traveling with heart, heart. Traveling with heart, heart. That's the one. And I've looked into some other ones. You've got to be so careful in Africa that you don't do something that's unethical. And I was challenged by someone, because I was going to go on the lion adventure, and I was challenged by a safari guide who'd been a safari guide in Africa for 20 years. He says... You do not want to do that because that is unethical because of this, 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 and this. He says, if you're touching the animals, if they're being interacting with humans, they cannot be released back into the wild. That is unethical. And I says, yes, but I've looked into it. It's got this certification and this accolade. This. He said, so what? And he challenged me. I thought, okay, he feels very passionate about this. I need to look into it further because this is important. And I did, and I found out he was exactly right. So I searched further for a, an ethical organization that I could do the same thing. So I found a conservation-related project that I could feel very good about, and it was working with cheetahs. And basically, it's almost like an SPCA for wild animals. So animals that are orphaned or injured or have been taken as pets and people realize, geez, I can't have a cheetah as a pet. They end up Why am I not? Yeah, exactly. And these people take them in, and they have a veterinarian, and they'll peel them, and they'll raise them up. And they have now everything from oryx, they've got hard to beast, they've got a whole bunch of baboons, because they kill baboons down there. Why? They're considered a pest. So then they'll shoot a baboon, see, oh gee, we just shot somebody's mother with a baby clean. And then they'll bring the baboon baby in and say, uh, here. So then they raise this baboon baby up. Then they keep them in two groups, family groups, so it's more natural for them. They also have cheetahs there, and they keep them as wild as possible. There is one lion they had two. One died, unfortunately. This is quite wild a big dogs. conservation center. It is. It's huge. They what have was research. the name? Did you mention it? It's Nancuze, which means God protects us in the ancient San. They work with the local community as well, which is also a part of responsible tourism. So they help these people who are typically underemployed. You've got the community involvement, wildlife conservation, and then they release as many as possible back into the wild. Now, how is this different from the one that you were originally going to do? I don't understand what the difference is between the two. Because the other one, without getting too specific so people identify it, you would be interacting directly with lion cubs. These cubs, if you're going to be interacting with them and walking with them and petting them and, and all that sort of thing... They're not going to be as wild as they need to be. Raised by their mothers. Yes. And taught to hunt by their mothers mm -hmm. and off in and put in a protected area. But to date, in 15 years, I don't think they've even released one. Oh. They might have started, but that's a long time before they released. Whereas the one that I chose, 
if they're injured, they'll release them as soon as they can. If not, they put them in a huge enclosure, which is as natural as possible, and they just go live their lives in there. If they've been too humanly habituated, they can't go back out to the wild because then they're a danger to themselves and to others because they'll go to humans for food, and humans will say, ah, here's a big cat coming to get me. I'm going to shoot it. Yes. So it's just not as bad. And then I learned about cat hunting. I went as a volunteer. And to do what? To just help with whatever the farm needed, basically. Oh, I and I spent some time at the farm and some time on a research project. So at the farm, what you would do is you had to work. So one day might be you're preparing the food, which means there's a huge table in the middle of the room, and you have all this porridge-like stuff, and you mix it with yesterday's leftovers for lunch. This is for humans to eat? No. This is what we've eaten. Nothing gets wasted there. It's very, very eco-friendly, the whole place. Okay. You mix it with your hand, and then you make it into balls for the baboons. And and you just make up the different animals, different foods based on the requirement. You make up the little bottles for the baby baboons. It's like, just have it made, you know. Yes. And then you can feed them as well. You can go and do things like as glamorous as digging weeds spreading sand in a corral because that needs to be done. You do that, but then you're rewarded with days where they take you to, say, feed the carnivores. And you get these big hunks of meat, which, you know, I'm a vegetarian, so this is, you know, was like... Okay, fairly gross. It's fairly gross, but they can eat it. That's their thing. It's not my yes, thing. That's what animals are supposed to do. It eat. is. Yeah. Yes. So you just throw it over the fence, and that's obviously probably more work for them to take us out and do that, but it's kind of a reward for doing the weeds and all that sort of thing. You throw it over, everybody loves that, seeing the big cats jump for their hunk of meat. Mm-hmm. You go on baboon walks, for example. And you walk with a baboon? You walk? do. There was once when I was walking out to the water hole. Now, you've got the baby baboons. Uh-huh. It's a different stage process. The real young babies, they still need to sleep with a mother at night Aww. or father. They do. So you take them to bed. You can take some, whoever the new ones are. You get the warmth and the comfort of sleeping with somebody at night. Aww. So they come and you have to put a little diaper on them, make a hole for the tail, give them their bottle. <laughs> for the tail. Yeah. Give them a little bath. I love that. Unless you want to sleep with the dirty baboon, which is your choice. Yes. And then in the morning, they go back with their groups. There is one there who's brain damaged. Trinky is her name. Oh. And she's special. What happened? They don't know. But when they found her, she was brain damaged and... She's come a long way. Now she can eat for herself. She can walk. A special ad baboon. She is. But she can't be released to the wild. No, okay. not a home. But she's good because there's one little baby baboon who is my baby. I want to go back and see my baby Halloween. He's probably full grown by now, right? No, he's no. probably oh, only... Because okay. it was only six months ago I was there. Oh, five right. months, something like that. Yeah. And he's picked on by the other baboons. In fact, I protected him from them. Why? Because bullies. Yes, wait, there's wait, bullies in the wait, school ground. The one who's brain damaged was picked on. No, another one. The other but, one. But the one who's brain damaged, she will cuddle him at night. So he has so she's someone picking to... on that cuddle function for yes. the older ones. Oh, Aww. yes. Sweet. So she's coming very handy. She yes. Can't. Why are they bullying him? Because in baboon society, it's all about status. They'll challenge you. They'll bite you without breaking the skin so that they can test your status. That's how they test your status. And if you react, that means you're lower status than them. Mm-hmm. So they bite you. You have to pretend like nothing's happened. Stare them down. Nope, not even that. It's like, la, la, la. Did I notice something? There must have been a fly. Yeah. Completely ignore them or else you're lower status. Yes. Completely ignore. 
and you build yourself up. If they have a baby, because there's one little baboon, she'll try and steal the baby because that gives her status. Uh-huh. It's very complicated. It is. Society. It is. But it's cool. So you go on these walks with the baboons because inside their enclosures, they get bored. They have the younger little daycare center, if you will, and then the older baboons. And now I think it's twice a day. They let them all out and it's completely open. If they want to run away, they can go, but they don't want to. They stick in the group. You're part of the baboon troop. And they walk towards, say, the water hole, if you're going that way. So you walk in the hot African sun. And the little ones will try and catch a ride with you because they don't want to walk that far. Oh, sweet. Yeah. (laughs) So So they're hanging onto your back or something. No, they run beside you. They put their little arms up and you just grab them and and you swing them up. There was once I had two bigger ones around my waist grabbing on and two sitting on my shoulder. So you're a baboon taxi. Yeah. <laughs> and then one put his little hand over my eyes. I couldn't oh. see anything. <laughs> and of course, I had no hands left to move it. So I had to just move his hand or foot, whatever that is, over my eyes. But it's amazing because they go and then they go up to the tree. These camel thorn trees are hideous, horrible trees with two inch uh, I remember those. Thorns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have and those they in East Africa too, yeah. 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 And long thorns. Long thorns. They're nasty trees. They yes. are. And they'll climb on these trees. So they go in their water hole and they have fun and do things, groom each other, and then they'll come to you and they'll sit on you. They'll climb up your shirt. Only now they're wet because they've been in the water. Some of them, yes. Yes. One of them, I don't know if I could say this on the podcast, it was her time of the month. They don't use feminine products. So oh. she's sitting on my knee and everybody's like, oh, gross. It's like, whatever, it's natural. I yes. go to the water hole, I wash it off, and then Shrinky, the brain dead, tries to jump off of me and be a real baboon. Give me a fat lip, like, bless her. She missed. She tried. She tried to be a real baboon. She tried hard. So adorable. That's it. And they run around. They, unfortunately, one thing is you can't have anything. Buttons, zippers, they're smart. These guys are smart. Buttons, zippers, and hair. Okay? You can't wear I should interrupt long enough to say that if you haven't visited her blog, you haven't seen her picture, she's got long blonde hair. What did you do with it? Which is a great rope for a baboon. Oh, did that hurt? Oh, Yes. I would just walk around grabbing the top of my head, the front of my head, and pushing down on my hair so that they didn't rip out more chunks. Oh, jeez. They, they got quite a few. Because they play rough with each other, so they play rough with you. They don't mean it. It's yes. just they play rough. They're baboons. They're not yes. British and you school can't children. put them on the naughty step. You cannot. <laughs> they'll laugh at you and they'll go climb the tree. <laughs> so that was fun. And then you take them back, and they all come back and go to their enclosures. So you were saying, just back to that poor little one that was being bullied. He was being bullied because he reacted when they were picking on him and he was the lowest status? I guess. In their society, they have a status thing. I don't know how they determine it in themselves. It's a pecking order, and he's got put at the bottom for whatever reason. Because he's the smallest, because he's just too old to be the ones that go to sleep with the people. Okay. He's graduated from that. Yes. And now he's in with the one to two-year-olds, okay. for example. And he's the smallest of that bunch. Exactly. The run to the litter sort of thing. Yes. Oh, so sometimes dear. he gets picked on, and he's run to me. He wraps his arms around me, and of course I'll protect him. Yeah. I have gotten a big bite from another one who's trying to get to him, because they were being so mean. They're pulling his hair and biting him and everything. He's just like, oh, no, you won't. They can turn on you. You have to be careful. But well, they're wild you have animals. to stay calm. They're wild animals. Even though they've been mostly hand-raised, they're still. But that being said, I don't know, this is not necessarily PC, but I also walked into a classroom, and the children were climbing on the furniture, and the children were pushing each other to, so that I would pick them up, and the children were biting and hitting each other. Well, Rachel, you're so, a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Have you okay. seen this? This happens. There we go. Human children, yes. Well, we, we can use our words to train them out of it, which probably wouldn't work with the baboon. 
Well, to some extent. To discipline them, you're not rough with them, you just say no, and you put them down. They don't like that. Their ears go back, and they'll look at you like, how dare you say no to me? Like a spoiled child, maybe. Or a two-year-old. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Just like two-year-olds. But there were so many options. Yeah. It wasn't just about the baboons, although I miss my little baboon baby. I want to go back and see him. And to bottle feed a heart to beast. I remember thinking, stare out in the morning, it's... A heart to beast? Yeah. Kind of antelope. Okay, yeah. so how big were they then? Well, this was a baby, only about five months, but it was the size of maybe a pony, a small pony, but not as okay. stocky. Yes. You know, more gazelle-like, yes. Sure. There was an oryx with a wonky horn. When was, was he born sword. that way? Yeah. Yeah. So he would have trouble in the wild. He wouldn't be able to defend himself very well. Unless he used it to his advantage, maybe it could work for him. Oh, what else did they have? Of course, they had the cheetahs. I don't know why I think of Finding Nemo in his like little wonky fin. If this was a Disney story, he would be the hero in the Disney story. Yeah, he could be. It's so could my little orphanage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. Yeah. They've got little meerkats in there. Wow. And I pet a porcupine. I oh, didn't think you could pet you a porcupine. Can. If you go in the direction of the spines, yes. you won't get hurt. That's and true. I had a little friend yeah. who was a porcupine. His name is Taz. And unfortunately, Taz would come to me and I'd stroke under his little chin and he loved it behind his little ears. Yeah. And then Gomez is the vulture. Now, Gomez could be an asshole, okay? So, Gomez. He's a vulture. What do you want? He's a vulture. He would come over on the fence near the porcupines and hang out overlooking them. Now, that's going to freak out anybody. You got a vulture looking down at <laughs> you going, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're dating. Exactly. <laughs> so, poor little Taz now, he saw Gomez and he put out his spines uh-huh. and it's like, okay, crap. And then he tries to run behind my legs. Yes. He's like, oh, that hurts. Yeah. So, I jumped up on the ladder. It's like, I'm sorry, Taz. I'd love to be there for you, but... <laughs> you just cuddle this one. <laughs> I can't cuddle you right now. Put him down, put him down. He didn't understand, but that was nice. And the cheetahs, they have cheetahs um, there. Gomez, the vulture, wouldn't hurt the porcupine, would he? Well, I guess if it was in a natural setting, he could. Well, only if he's dead. Oh, or okay. Close okay, to. or they don't kill. They feast on carrion. Carrion, got yeah. it. Yeah. I was sharing the duties of feeding Gomez. Okay, so the little porcupine was not in any danger, but no. he felt it. Yes. He felt he was. Yeah. He was doing what came naturally, which yes, was which putting up those the spines. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe not that part. No, no. But wait a minute. You're in this place. First of all, how did you contact this place? How did you end up there? I searched online and I found what I thought was ethical and I went through a tour agency. Okay. So you had decided to go to Namibia and you wanted to do yes. some sort of volunteer with animal things. Yes. Okay. So I found there's, Cause, a, there's cause the way you're agents. painting this. You're painting this as you were sort of let loose in this place and just sort of wandered from animal to animal, taking oh. care of them as you felt like it. I mean, oh no! There, Heavens and no! There were other volunteers there. Oh, there was actually. It's getting to be too much now. There's a lot of young people who go there because it's getting quite well known, quite popular now. Okay. So when I was there, it wasn't too bad. But when the summer when the school is out, it's going to be overwhelmingly busy. Probably too busy. I'm afraid to say, but. In low season, it would be amazing. You're on a schedule. Okay. So one day in a group, your group goes and you do maintenance or you do something like that. Next day, you're on animal feed. Next day, maybe you're on carnivore feed. Next day, you're on free animal time or that So sort where of do thing. the other visitors come from, the other people who are volunteering? There's a lot of Danish and Germans. Okay. A lot of Danish and Norwegians. Definitely heard those accents a lot. So everyone's spoken in English. No, the Danish tend to stay in the groups and they speak in Danish, Norwegians would speak Norwegian, 
to them could speak English as well. So, Maria, did you have a friend? <laughs> I <laughs> found a friend! <laughs> Who spoke to you? Yeah, the well, Thanks, Maria, for speaking to us about your adventures in Namibia. That sounds absolutely fascinating. If you would like to hear more about Maria's eco-adventures, you can check out her blog, travelingwithheart.com. And traveling is spelled the British way, T-R-A-V-E-L-L-I-N-G, double L there. And Heart is her last name, H-A-R-T. Thanks very much, and we'll see you next week for another podcast. Thank you for listening to 1001 Travel Tales, stories from seasoned travelers. Shoba George's blog, Just Go Places, is at justgoplacesblog.com. Rachel Heller writes Rachel's Ruminations, which can be found at rachelheller.org.